Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So thanks for being with us today. We've got a lot to talk about today. I've got Dr. David Sitt. He's a tenured professor at Baruch College, where he exposes undergrad students to psychology, cutting-edge research, and mysteries of the brain. He also trains the next generations of therapists in CBT at the graduate level. As a clinician, Dr. Sitt specializes in treating adults with ADHD, anxiety, and mood disorders, employing validated modalities and innovative techniques. His expertise extends to consulting and executive coaching for thought leaders, corporations, and educational institutions. Dr. Sitt has been featured on Vice Media, The Howard Stern Show, and The New York Times. He resides in Brooklyn with his wife and their four children. But what we want to talk about today, he ha- he's an author and he's just released a book, ADHD Refocused, Bringing Clarity to the Chaos. And Dr. Sitt's expert insights and practical, practical strategies offer a beacon of hope and empowerment to individuals grappling with ADHD and its challenges. He shares his own personal journey and blends that with evidence-based techniques that really provides good insight and experience for those that are living with ADHD. Dr. Sid, thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much, Lee. That was, we got to work on that intro. I got to make it much shorter because our attention span, how can we handle it? But you did well, a great, you did a great intro. Thanks. Well, it's a good thing I did shorten it then. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a pleasure I, hear, to be here. I hear a personal journey. When I hear those words, it makes me think, ooh, there's a good story in there. Yeah, most definitely. This, the, the story of how I got um, to writing this, this book, which, which for, you know, side note, this is a labor of, of deep love and extensive procrastination as any ADHD person might tell you, it took me over five years to get this, this work out. Um, and uh, part of the story that I tell in the book is of my, my own origin story, my experience with ADHD. Um, m- many people you know, who talk about ADHD today may have a, a diagnosis themselves that traces back to when they were children or adolescents. Certainly today, there's a great buzz about um, diagnoses and if it's over-diagnosed, over, uh, under-diagnosed. I, though, was of that smaller subset of, of adults who, who knew nothing of ADHD, never heard of it. In the 80s growing up, in the 90s growing up, no one talked about it. And then suddenly at 22 years old, I, I received this diagnosis. And, and it was a juicy, dramatic story that I, I could share with you in, in brief. So... Here I am at the foot of graduate school, and my first year taking classes that were quite actually overwhelming, much more uh, rigorous than I had experienced in college. And I had a professor who told us day one, this is going to be a tough class, but I'm going to tell you I'm even tougher than the class. If you hand in a project late, you fail the class. And that was that you know sent a lot of shockwaves to me because I was pretty used to doing things at the last minute. But I said I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done like I always have. But that final project 
of the semester was a 50-page paper. And I worked all night, two, three nights in a row, one of them being an all-nighter, and I handed in the paper 25 minutes late because of an excuse. The, The printer didn't work. It ran out of toner. I had to run to another print shop. Bottom line is I handed it in late. And when I got the paper back, he said, excellent paper, insightful, great thoughts. And I'm thinking, great. I pulled it off again. But the end of the paper had a big F in red circled saying, you were late. Wow. He said, yes, yes, yes. Could you believe that? My heart dropped. That's like... Wiley Coyote splatting on the asphalt, right? After running over the ledge, just, you know, you missed the ledge by a couple of steps and you splattered. And he told me, listen, I, I actually think um, this is indicative of something going on with you called ADHD. And if you are willing to go get assessed and, and, and potentially treated for this, I will give you a second chance, which doesn't always happen in life. But he gave me a second chance and I did. I got evaluated. And indeed, it turned out that I had full-blown, met almost every box you could check off of ADHD, the inattentive pieces, the disorganization pieces, the running late, the hyperactivity, the speaking quickly, et cetera, et cetera. I checked them all off. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of my, of my awakening um, with ADHD. Well, wow, he really did you a, a great service. He, he could have just given you the F and let you left you there stewing in your mess. Yeah, most definitely. And in fact, the reality was that if you failed a class like that, you failed out of the program. So this was a major turning point for me. And I, I give gratitude. This is Dr. Ross Levin. I give at Furkoff Graduate School of Yeshiva University in New York. I give him gratitude. If you're out there and you happen to hear this, Ross, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because he, he opened my eyes. And I have that experience with many clients that come my way who, who say, I, you know, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about ADHD. I feel distracted. I feel out of focus. I'm, I procrastinate all the time. We might do an assessment. And when, when they learn about the diagnosis, if it does indeed fit their profile, it, it is an eye-opening and game-changing awareness because now you have choices. Now you have access to tools, to a discussion, to a community that can be here to support your efforts to increase your probabilities of success in, in your endeavors. So it's quite a powerful experience. Well, you know, we've really, the tide, the tide has turned. Now, when we talk about ADHD, we talk about neurodiversity and we talk about how it's using your, you, understanding your ADHD to be able to use it to your advantage. And I think that that's, you know, let's put some positive psychology around it. Oh, yes, I am a big, I'm snapping my fingers at that. I'm a huge, huge believer in taking the holistic approach when it comes to certainly ADHD. And in general, in, in, in all of our efforts, you and I both work in this space, right? And when we, we have people come towards us with, with, with pain or suffering, and, and I believe in the positive psychology approach. I believe in trying to work on people's strengths to lift them up through strength-based approach. And in ADHD, you definitely see this because there are a lot of upsides to ADHD that's well-managed. There is this experience of the hyper-focused ability to zone in, to work under pressure, to make decisions in in, in a pinch, to access creativity, to be um, boisterous because of this kind of um, 
uh, you know, quote unquote, an impulsive ability to, to move quickly in a moment, you find many people with ADHD being, being gregarious among, among a social, in a more social scene. And so these are just some of what could be, what could be strengths and the upside and the superpowers of ADHD. However, however, we do need to be aware of the full picture. We need to be aware of the challenges. We need to be aware of the, 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 the neural diversity has the up and down. And I, that's what my approach in the work that I do in, a, in, in the book that we wrote here, ADHD Refocus, that we, that we put out. I talk you know, uh, uh, about this all the time. It's meant to help people capture both sides of the spectrum. So let's talk about that. You know, there's certainly we're all well versed in the negative side of the spectrum and how it can, you know, time management, organization, all of those things. But let's talk about let's shed some light and some goodness on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the aspect that I love to talk about um, is, again, out out of this. Um, uh, the, the pressure that people come under um, to make decisions uh, and, and the, the ability to think in multiple lines of thought when it comes to a decision, that can be a downside. Again, you know, indecision, which cereal should I have for breakfast today? I could literally sit at my cabinet and, and I have eight choices of cereals. I may eat nothing because it's hard for me to make a decision, right? But when I have a situation where there's pressure, real pressure, my mind can take in all eight options and I can see clearly the path to go down when the pressure is there. Now, put someone with ADHD in a high pressure situation and you will find that they can execute decision-making deftly. And not only that, I'll give you an example. I have a client who, um, is a uh, is a lawyer, and this particular client, when they're in, they're in, they're a trial lawyer, and when they're in the courtroom, they have this ability to evaluate, and they they just told me this this week, they're able to think of almost every scenario that the that the other uh, that the defense attorney is presenting, and and quickly check off in his mind everything that might be at play here everything that the jury might think of, everything that the judge is considering, and in, in the moment, make quick decisions and make adjustments to what he's doing in the work he's doing on the spot. To me, that's a neurodiverse skill. To bring it all in and narrow down in, in, a, in, a, in a powerful, hyper-focused manner. Um, so to me, that's it's a great skill. It's a great upside. Well, you know, and there's all there's all different kinds of upside. I have a client that is a professional gambler, and he mm-hmm. is on the spectrum, but his pattern recognition uh, is amazing, and he does he does very well. Now, if you put him in an office where he had to be there at eight thirty in the morning, and he had to stay there until five o'clock in the afternoon, and a very structured environment, he would not do well. He he would he couldn't he couldn't last. But he has found a situation where he can use his skills and he can use them honestly, and he's thoroughly enjoying himself. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it's incredible. You know, when, when we talk about the broader spectrum, if we're talking about even beyond this on the autistic spectrum, how many, and this is a great conversation that's been going on more in the past 10, 10 years, even five years, more so than ever before, an embracing of the neurodiversity skill set. And just your, your example of pattern recognition. I have a client also who's on the, on the spectrum and um, high functioning and has figured out how to um, extend cell phone networks in, in, in a way that I, I can't even understand it. I can't even fathom how, it, how they do it. And he now is, is exploding with federal contracts. And, uh, you know, his, his technical knowledge is, um, like you said, he can recognize patterns and understands technicalities in a way that, uh, that I could never fathom. Um, well, and I and think so, it's great. You know, I think it's great for our listeners to hear, you know, all these different and unique skills that you've had that maybe you've been ignoring because you, you know, you didn't know how to use them. Stop. Think about that. Think about, you know, what they what they offer to you that nobody else has. Yes, most definitely. And to, to our audience who's listening that may uh, have this ADHD diagnosis or be thinking about it, um, you know, wondering if they, in fact, fit that, that style. There are so many aspects of the upside of ADHD that you can ha- harness, but awareness comes first, bringing that self-awareness. And that was a big goal of getting this book out there was to help people really dial in and realize is this are these challenges with me? And then if so, what 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 advantages and upsides come with that? So I'm glad we're having this conversation. It's really really right on point. Well, and I think you know one of the things that I see with the clients in in the Brain Performance Center is with ADHD and also with you know anxiety and depression. Depression they procrastinate, and sometimes that's tied to their perfection that they're looking for. And sometimes they really just can't make up their mind. Do you, in your book, do you talk about procrastination? Most definitely. I'd say procrastination is the single most common and impactful challenge that uh, those with ADHD face. And I present several uh, approaches, both methods and, as I call them, mindsets. So it's this kind of combination of both tools you can apply, but also um, mindsets that that we try to adopt to help people with procrastination. So So let's talk about those mindsets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the mindsets, the mindsets that are required is to understand that if you are faced with this, this biologically based neurodevelopmental uh, brain style of ADHD, that means that you're in a relationship with that, that brain style, right? And knowing that each day, my goal is to improve my probability of success in that day, in that day. So I really try to narrow down my scope of expectation and try to, and that's, that's a theme here, is to bring things from larger to smaller, to more digestible bites rather than thinking of a, of a, a three-course or seven-course meal you have to tackle or prepare. Let's go one bite at a time. So we narrow down to today. We also try to externalize 
the things that I'm thinking about accomplishing in my day or, or maybe it's in my week. And again, get those out of your head, write them down and, you know, or, or use an app to help you organize the things that you need to be uh, focusing on during the week. And I present in the book very detailed examples. I have a, what I call a three-tier system that's a funnel-down approach to planning and, and, and time management. So I might tell people, think about categories of your life. Maybe it's seven categories. And list out, what do I need to get done this week, next week, even in the next month, in the categories of my life? So I, for example, have a pri- my private practice. I have the marketing that I do for my, for my book. I have my business finances as a third category. I have my teaching at the university. I have my home and family life included. I put my home and family life included in my, my dashboard over here. I have my personal finances and uh, maybe my volunteer work that I do. And I put everything, everything that I need to think about onto that larger that larger um, dashboard. And on the same system, on the same paper, people can go to my website at drsip.com and they can see this actual uh, spreadsheet that I use. I then have days of the week. So imagine seven columns on top with categories and seven columns on the bottom of the same page, Monday through Sunday. And I draw down in an easy to see manner, what do I need to prioritize today? And that's one method and a very powerful one to help organize uh, your day. So that's a method. I'm going to pause because I do want to talk about the mindset that goes with it. But let me pause and just see if you have any kind of thoughts or questions about that. No, you know, I'm amazed at the apps that are out there to do list. And exactly what you described is what you can do. And I know I'm finishing my PhD. I'm running my business. I've got a family. I've got just gotten a, so I'm very proud of this, the the WeBank certification. But all of these things have, you know, they go down different paths. And I have found the to-do list, that app to be unbelievable help. So for, for, there's, Different ways to do it. If you if you want it, if you want paper and pencil, if you want an Excel spreadsheet, look at your look at Dr. Sitt's website. Look at an example, but wrap your wrap your head around it, and it'll get a lot easier. So let's talk about those mindsets. Yeah, yeah, and just to echo what you said, it is about personalizing a tool, figuring out what works for you. Uh, there are there are concepts behind my method that I'm trying to teach. It's not necessarily use my method and it's the best and only one out there. I don't believe in that. I believe that there are many roads that people can travel down that might work for them, but head on out there, search for something. It might be an app, like you said, Todoist or any do I like. Um, and I hear about apps all the time, or it might be a, a written system because you're a pen and paper type of person. I personally like that pen and paper experience. I feel like it, it drills into my brain more and it doesn't get lost behind a hundred other apps or tabs and whatnot. So find yours, find your system. And, and then we have to work on the mindset. Because once you identify what works for you, the reality of ADHD is every day is a grind. That's the hard, that's the hard truth. Every day, I use the analogy, imagine you go into a stadium, like an indoor stadium, and how do the lights work in that 
in that building. There's a light board with hundreds of different knobs and, and levers and, and, and whatnot. The default mode of the stadium when you walk into it in the arena is lights off. And every day the person has to show up into the control room and work on the dials and get the right uh, combination, depending on what's happening that day, what event is being presented, control the dials. ADHD is a very similar experience. Unfortunately, when we show up, for the most part, the lights kind of drift down. I have to wake up and fire up all these different approaches and get the lights up, right? And so the mindset is knowing that that's part of the work, that every day I have to do my, my effort. And it's okay if I don't have every day as 100. To me, 80 is the new 100. That's one of my mindsets as well. 80%, if I can get 80% more days than not, that's really my A. That's my A. And by that same logic, if I hit 60%, that's an A minus. And if I hit 50%, that's a B plus. And that's a wonderful, even if I could get 50% more days than not of what I think I'm going to get done, done, this grand total is going to be a successful sense of self. So we have to understand that every day I got to put work in, every day that it's, it's upon me to kind of sit down with my tools and try again and start all over and not to be the, try our best not to let the previous day, if it didn't go so well, keep us in the gutter, right? It's like a game of shoots and ladders. You go across the board. Some days are great. You climb up a ladder. You go to the next level. Some days you fall down the slide. But we want to stay on the board. And every day, keep engaging with our tools. And that, to me, that's a mindset. I have to remind myself with, with all that. Every day, I got I to gotta show up and give myself a lot of love and self-compassion, which I you know, think is a separate you know, conversation that we can get into as well. But I'll pause there. Well, it's it's interesting you mentioned self-compassion because when I was listening to you, I thought, wow, he's just showing himself some grace and some kindness, just some self-compassion. Right. That's a, a top, uh, you know, if I say a, a, a top method is my three-tier type of system, a top mindset is self-compassion. You must, we, we must have that for ourselves because, it it can be, it can you know you can feel that you can feel beat up. Having this type of a, a brain style of ADHD brings upon it a lot of byproducts of guilt. Oh, I can't I can't meet the demands of of my my work and my family. It's you know I keep running late to things and shame and how come I'm not able to do these things like other people around me can and 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 depression. Oh my gosh, this has been so many days or so many failed efforts and new businesses that I tried or jobs that I can't hold and anxiety and the list goes on about these emotional byproducts. So we really need to give ourselves that, that wraparound hug, that blanket of self-compassion and reminds ourselves, listen, if, if I have a, a physical disability, right? If someone has a physical disability and, and, um, and, and they, they need uh, a walking assist, uh, assistance, walking, or they need, um, you know, hearing aids, or they need glasses, or they need some kind of assisted device. It, we're okay with that. We we realize okay that that's obvious the person needs it. But when it comes to a, a mental illness or 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 brain style, we're not so quick to realize that we might too need assist. We need assistance. We as well need tools to help us see clearly 
walk uh, walk more easily, hear more clearly. And and that's something we have to remind ourselves. Give ourselves a lot of love and self compassion. It's okay. It's okay if I if I if I had a bumpy road last week or last month. But you know, it's not that easy for some people. It's almost something that you, you have to cultivate. You have to you have to work on it. What tips do you have for our listeners out there that maybe do have a hard time with that? Yeah, so I would tell you if, you, if you're out there and you're wondering, how can I do this? It sounds great. You know, Dr. Say, you're saying it. It sounds wonderful, but you're, you know, it, it's Pollyannish. So I would tell you, it takes small efforts. We start with small efforts. So one thing that I, I would tell you out there to try doing, uh, I love to tell people to try journaling. I advise people find even I go on to on to on to you know chat GPT or, or even you know old school searching on Google and type in what are some journal prompts that I can use for a journal and usually I find like a list of 75 or 100 prompts and once a week I would start by answering a question about myself and get accustomed to introspecting to looking inwards to asking myself to think about myself which you know, let's let's be honest. Many of us don't do anymore because we're we're pretty stuck in our devices. And whenever there's a downbeat, we go to our phone to entertain us rather than go inwards to think about ourselves. So I tell people think about journaling. I advise people try a meditation app. If you're out there and you're intimidated by meditation, consider starting small, a five minute sit sit down for five minutes and listen to a meditation. Um, that's a really uh, a powerful inroad into this type of self-awareness. We might talk about an end-of-day um, gratitude list. Write down three things or send a text message to a, to a loved one or an email to someone with three things that you're grateful for about your relationship or three things that you may be grateful for in your general life. And maybe open up a note on your phone where you can keep track of that. That helps bring awareness to the self. And it helps counterbalance a lot of those negative uh, emotions that we discussed a few moments ago. There's a counterweight when we, when we kind of force gratitude into our mind. And that opens up a neural pathway. When we do that in a repeated way, even if it's just two weeks in a row where you can try to get going with, self, uh, with, uh, with some gratitude, you open up a neural pathway. Absolutely. And, you know, the the sad thing is, is the brain has a philosophy, use it or lose it. You quit using it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the brain puts off enough energy to light up a small light bulb. And it takes that energy to run our body, our brain. So it's easy. If it's not needed one place, we'll just redirect it. So we've got about three minutes left. And and you've given our listeners some really practical ideas and some down-to-earth things that, you know, I was listening to you. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Is there any th- point that you would like to share with them before we close? And then I, I know our listeners are going to want to know if they wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about you. How would they do that? Sure. You know, I, 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 I the one thing I'll leave you with is, is a... It's an acronym. Acronyms are easy to remember sometimes. 
And I, I can kind of consolidate um, a lot of my philosophy into, into an acronym uh, that we labeled LMNOP. I believe that everyone probably knows the ABCs of life, you know, the basics. But to get a bit more advanced, we can consider to live mindfully, notice opportunities. And when we do that LMNO, live, being alive, being aware of my life, having gratitude towards life, being mindful, right? Opening up that self-awareness, maybe brush your teeth with your left hand instead of your right hand to break out of all autopilot. Uh, you begin to notice a lot more. And when you begin to notice things, because now you're being more mindful, opportunities emerge, novelty, interactions, relationships emerge. And once I have all of those elements powered up, I could use this P, this, this um, way to um, really fire up, whether it be towards being productive, whether it be to be playful, whether it be pensive, whether it be productive. So there's this formula that we talk about in the book that I talk about in the book, uh, and that's something that I encourage people to think about, the LMNOP concept. Um, and to your last question, if people do want to learn more about this book or, or my work, they can certainly just go to my website, which is drsit, that's S-I-T-T, dot com. You can spell it out. And um, the book ADHD Refocused is available on the website. It's available on Amazon uh, to purchase. And uh, I offer free 15-minute consultations with anybody around the world who would like to chat about where they're at and figure out what might be a, a good approach for them to uh, increase probabilities of success in their life or in their business or um, in their relationships. So I look forward to speaking to any of you out there and reach out with any comments or questions down the road. Thank you so much. And and listeners, that's a free 15-minute consultation. You go to his website, and I'm sure that's where you do the reach out. Dr. Sit, thank you for being with me today. I love LMNO. I, I, that goes in my brain and, and resonates. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Lee. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. This is Toginet.